after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. An open door. Friends, do we not need a fresh experience of that? At the end of the semester, at the end of another God-given year, a year with waves of calamities, of floods and fires and virus, a year maybe of personal trials and testings after this, I looked. For a moment to pause and to look away from your circumstances, from your studies, from yourself, and behold, take note, look to heaven. A door was opened that we may pause for a moment in the business of your life, the close of this semester, writing papers. And therefore I want to meditate with you in this last chapel of the year Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, 2021, on these words as we find it in the book of Revelation chapter 4. And three brief main points arising from this chapter concerning a open door. In the first place, why we need it. In the second place, what is seen. And in the third place, how it should transform us. This after this of chapter 4 follows the chapters 1 to 3. In which the apostle relates of what he experienced, in which our senses are fully engaged, of hearing, of seeing, of an encounter. So we hear him in uh, chapter 1, I hear a great voice. A voice, great voice as of a trumpet. A voice, a sound produced and resonate, a powerful voice as of a trumpet. A war trumpet that boldly announces God's victory over his and his people's enemy. The same voice that we hear in verse 1 in chapter 4. And speaking to me as the first cause and ultimate purpose of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. This reassuring word of the Lord in the midst, in the midst of trials and testings of this world of life. In a society in which Christians are less and less tolerated, and not only in the time of John, I hear the Lord speaking. Friends, how do we need it? How do we need it at the end of a semester? I hear the Lord speaking. And I see him, the son of man, the son of man in the midst of the seven candlesticks, in the midst of the churches of this world. And I see him majestically. That chapter 1 described him close with a long rope, golden sash around his chest, hairs of his head like white wool. 
Eyes like flame of fire. His feet like burnished bronze. A voice like a roar of many waters. His mouth a sharp two-edged sword. And his face like the sun shining in full strength. Friends, when the Lord comes to us this morning in this way through his words. This overwhelming experience. Meeting encountering Christ in his glory. And he speaks to me with a great voice, a voice that is greater than all the noises in my life, greater than all the noises of this world. And he sees me and he stands before me and he shines on me. Meeting Christ in this way at the close of this year, at the close of this semester, when I saw him, I fell as f- at his feet as dead. Would you not? Would you not? To see his glory this morning. And that in contrast, as we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet he comes in his grace when he laid his right hand upon me and says, Fear not, I am the first, I am the last, I am he who lives, I was dead and I am alive forevermore. To experience this morning one more time, I deserve death, but live because he was dead and is alive, the living Christ, even now. Are you then not overwhelmed by his glory and grace? This fresh experience, whatever my circumstances are at the close of this semester, he speaks to me this morning. And at times I don't have words to speak anymore when I'm undone and speechless. And he sees me better than I see myself and know myself. And he stands before me this morning and encounter and he meets me where I am right now. And he shines on me. What an amazing grace. After this, also chapter 2 and 3, hearing the Lord's assessment of the church in difficult times, hearing about the condition of the church, Ephesus, the church that, that had abandoned his love for Christ and his teaching, Smyrna, the church that remains faithful amidst persecution, Pergamon, the church that compromises its belief, Thyatira, the church that follows false prophets. Sardis, the church that is spiritual debt. Philadelphia, a church that patiently endured despite weaknesses. And Laodicea, a church that is lukewarm faith. And therefore, friends, individually or collectively, what is the Lord's assessment of you and me this morning? Be honest. Left your first love of Christ... That it can happen, even being in seminary. Spiritual debt can happen when you study theology in theory, but, but the practice of godliness, spiritual debt. Look warm in your faith. Do you see a need? Do you see your need? What do you look for? To whom else shall you go? 
And after this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And that in the midst of all that is going on in this world, waves of calamities that come over this world in which you and I live, in the midst of hearing the Lord's piercing assessment of our life, I looked and lifted up and behold, an open door. Amazing wonder, is it not? When the whole world is closing on me, surrounded outwardly with many challenges, a worldwide COVID pandemic, where many live in anxiety and fear and worries and struggles, and maybe surrounded inwardly with the many challenges, personal challenges in my life of faith, sometimes doubts about my calling. And yet, and yet, an open door. Een door dat is open. Overigens, look dan upward. Look beyond your circumstances. To be lifted up for a moment at the close of this year, at the end of this semester. Because all the scenes of earth troubles and personal trials will always be discouraging. But this amazing wonder, there is a door open in heaven. And this open standing door is a way into the presence of God. It lies wide open. And yes, this open door resonates, of course, with another vision, what we read in Ezekiel 1. The heavens were open, I saw the visions of God. Or when the heavens were open, when Jesus was baptized, and behold, the heavens were open to him, in which another voice was heard, this is my beloved son. But this is not in particular of what the altar to the Hebrews reminds us, to enter in this open door, enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. When Christ on the cross opened the veil of the temple, was rent opened because of his sacrifice which signified the end of the animal sacrifices. Because of the ultimate sacrifice, once and for all, Jesus Christ had been sacrificed, and the veil was meant for the sprinkling the blood upon it, and was torn, and there is no longer a need to perform this. An open access, a new and a living way. And that, for who? John described the churches, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. It's what we are in ourselves. Friends, this open door proclaims. With the words of an hymn writer of old, once for all, O sinner, receive it. Once for all, O friends, now believe it. Cling to the cross, the burdens will fail. Christ has redeemed us once for all. O friends, nothing can be added and nothing, nothing has to be added. It is freely prepared and it must be freely received. Christ, he meets you in every need. In the midst of tribulation and trial and testing and whatever is going on in your life. He meets your every need, despite who you and I have been. The door is open 
and stands open, is wide open, even now. I see that is needed. Heavens open. Well, what is then seen in our second point? Or better, with the words of Revelation 4 verse 1, where the Lord said, the Alpha and the Omega, I will show you. I will let you see things. Because otherwise we will not see anything. Every time when you open God's word, that is personally or for your preaching, it is I looked, but remember, the Lord says, I will show you. And here, friends, I think we come on holy ground. A holy, heavenly view. Behold, verse 2, take note, I see a throne set in heaven. In fact, in this chapter 4, we read 12 times the word throne. I see the throne set, that is certain, and that is secure, and that in the midst of uncertainty and insecurity. And I see the one who sat on the throne. Who he is, he is like a jasper stone, white, symbolizing his holiness. Like a sardine stone, red, symbolizing, symbolizing his forgiveness. And around the throne, like an emerald, green, symbolizing his hope and faithfulness. Do you see him in his holiness? Over against your unholiness, in his forgiveness, over against your sin and shortcomings, in his faithfulness, over against my faithfulness, unfaithfulness. Who he is, is it not he that the apostle describes in chapter 5? I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne stood a lamb as it had been slain. That lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This lamb of which Isaiah says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth and he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And for who? And for who, my friends? All we, also as a seminary community, all we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. This lamb whom the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This lamb who made his soul an offering for sin. This lamb, yes, despite and despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. This lamb who has borne your griefs and has carried your sorrows. It is he of which John the Baptist proclaims, and he has now proclaimed this morning, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, takes away your sin. Of which the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1, But with the precious blood of Christ, like of that a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in the last time for the sake of of you for the sake of you when you grasp that for a moment friends at the close of this semester 
Wil je nog join the elders and say worthy is the lamb? Dat was sling to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. Oh, then it is Christ himself who is shown here. Who is revealed to your soul. The king in his glory. This holy, heavenly Glorious Christ, who was dead and is alive in all his beauty, rich and valuable in every way, symbolized by the precious stones. In his grace and faithfulness, symbolized by the rainbow of covenant faithfulness. And he is seen and he is shown to me what an undeserved privilege. He is seen in his victorious presence, dwelling in his old and new covenant people, the twelve plus twelve elders. And he is seen in his fearsome, judging, righteous power, lightnings and thunderings like Mount Sinai. And he shines out in a witness of the churches through his spirit, the seven lambs and the seven spirits. This king who is attended by his servants, representing all the power and wisdom of the heaven and earth, symbolized by the lion, the calf, the man and the eagle. What a glorious king. And of him is said, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And then those four beasts are literally the living ones with six wings. A reminder of the angels in Isaiah 6 that speaks in adoration. Holy, holy, holy. Holiness elevated to the third degree. I've said it, I think I said it before. It is only once that a characteristic feature, an attribute of God is mentioned three times in succession. The Bible never says God is love, 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 or mercy, 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 or wrath, 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 or justice, justice, justice. It is even not saying he is merely holy or even holy, holy. But it does say here, he is holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And on the sound of that, you fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him. That is what happened when you encounter him, when he shows you who he is. And friends, that is the difference between God as a concept and God as a reality. That is shown us this morning. That is seen being lifted up for a moment above the circumstances of your life. And look undeserved and see your king. This fresh experience, not God as a theological concept, but a living reality. A new understanding of a holy God of a faithful and covenant-keeping God, of a forgiving God in Christ. Oh, this taste 
For the overwhelming majesty of God. The one who is glorious. Where there is no glory in yourself. Who is almighty. Where there is no strength in you. Who is holy. Over against your unholiness. And that only and because of Christ. The living one. Who has given us an open door. And who has given us to see the king in his glory. That is encountered here in the words of Revelation 4. A radical beauty, majesty, infinite holy and glory of the Lord. And overwhelmed by this heavenly vision. What this lamb has done for such one as you are. Who is holy, faithful and forgiven. Should that not reprioritize our life? Should not a reorientation take place at the close of this year? A redirecting from myself to God and Him alone. And that is what happened here in verse 10. The 24 elders, so we read, the four and 20 elders fell down before Him and sat on the throne and worshipped that lived forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And so, friends, should not this vision of an open door of Christ in his glory not transform you as well? Is he that not worthy? Which brings me to my last point. How it should transform us. Which is pointed out in the verses 8 to 11. Because of this heavenly worship in which the angels and men are called to serve the king on the throne. Christ is a model for early worship and service, or to be imitated by us for Christ's sake. And first, do we not ought to praise God continuously and unceasingly? <laughs> First eight, and they rest not day and night. Should it not give us, like the angels in Isaiah 6, with their six wing, they cover their face, they show reverence. <laughs> They cover their feet, they show humility. They did fly, they show their immediate availability and willingness to serve. Friends, do we have this servant attitude? Having this fruit in our life, shaped by the radical call of the gospel to be served by Jesus as we serve others. And in such a way, your service is not a patch for morality but is Christ-centered and dependent, serving generously and serving sacrificially. As the Heidelberg Catechism reminds us that so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of this station and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. How are we doing? How are we doing the end of this semester? Praise God for who he is. This God from whom all blessings flow. Do we praise God for who he is in Christ? Oh, he is so worthy. So worthy. This Savior, this Substitute, 
this glorious Christ. Secondly, do we glory in God's sovereignty and his sovereign power? Eh? Verse 8, Lord God Almighty, the one who rules and reigns this world, pandemic or not, and he rules your life. Is it a comfort for you seeing an open heaven despite your failings and flaws, despite your shortcomings and sin, but for Christ's sake, discomfort, even in the times of testing and suffering, suffering, he, the Lord God Almighty, directs my life. From the beginning to the end, he is the Alpha and the Omega, and for everything that is in between, is in his fatherly hand, because, because of Christ, my King. And thirdly, does this encounter of an open door with Christ himself humble you? Verse 10, fall down before him. You see that phrase throughout the book of Revelation, chapter 7, chapter 11, chapter 19. Giving thanks, living a life of gratitude for who he is and what he has done for you. Casting your crown before the throne, before him. Friends, what a day that will be. When your earthly service, when your earthly ministry is over. To be delivered from self. To be delivered from sin. Casting your crown before him. What a day. And lastly, but not least, and I think that is maybe also the essence of this entire passage, the fundamental question comes to us. Who do you worship? Who do you worship? Your intellect? Hey, your GPA after all was not that bad. Your piety? Your whatever you worship. Verse 11 we read, You are worthy, O Lord. What a contrast, eh? What a contrast. Because this was written. When the Roman Empire was greeted always, you are worthy. But here, this greeting is directed to King Jesus and him alone, giving him the glory and the honor and the power because he created all things. We owe our entire life to his will for thy pleasure. They were created. Who do you worship? Who do you worship? When all is said and done, when the semester, when this year 2021 comes to a close, with all that is going on in this world, who do you worship? After this, what the Lord has graciously and generously has shown us this morning himself, Christ who he is, what he has done and still does for his sister one as you and I are. 
have seen, and, and, and that is not a matter, friends, of a matter of choice or freedom or any other postmodern idea, but, but the living word of the living God has given us an open door in heaven. Oh, how do we need it, this fresh experience? This living word of the living God has placed you and me before his throne. And the one who sits on the throne, standing before him, Christ. And he takes the time to speak to you. And he sees you. And he shines on you. And he shines and speaks and sees you from his throne. And he reveals himself to you as your king, Jesus Christ. Your savior, your substitute, your glory. Will you then not worship him? And join and sing. Here on earth maybe sometimes faltering and halting. But then forever and ever. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. Or what we have sung at the opening of this last chapel of the year 2021. We lift our heads aloft. For God our shield is over us. Through him. Through him alone, whose presence goes before us, will the victor's crown no more by foes assaulted. We will triumph through our king, by Israel's God exalted. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, what a great good thou hast given you, your children, that in the midst of the circumstances of life, in the midst of the turmoil of this world, that we may pause for a moment and look and see the heavens are open and Christ reveals himself to us. O Lord, thou art worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. Bless your word to all our hearts. That is for may revivers and refreshers in these last couple weeks of the year, this last part of the semester, and that we may take refuge in you. The Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.